So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. There and we here go. here we are. We're back. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Another terrific episode of DTFF coming at your earballs. Woo! For those of you listening audio-wise, you won't hear the tragedy that was our first take into the episode. I will cut all that out. Um, uh-huh. If you want to really hear what that was all about, come back and watch the live show. But we're here. We got through it. We're ready to rock. Um, it. Would you say, Jake, that that, that busted intro... Um, yeah. just lines up perfectly with our episode this evening of the biggest busts of the 2022 season. Did you secretly do that on purpose? I Is wish. that what I'm finding I, out right now? I wish I was that smart to be able to do something like that. Unfortunately, no, that that was not planned out by me. Uh, just a lucky and great coincidence. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're, we're going to have a great show here, uh, in, even in spite of the technical difficulties here getting going. Uh, before we get into it, though, Jake, how are you doing this evening? Man, I'm, I'm good. For a couple of reasons. If, if you're in this industry or around this industry, you know reason number one is that the Fantasy Football Expo is coming up this weekend in Canton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. You and I are once again making the trip out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am so, so excited. I think it's going to be bigger than last year. I think there's going to be more non-industry uh, people, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So if you are near the area, by the way, you should definitely be going to this thing. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're aware of that. You can meet us and a bunch of, you know, even cooler people Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's I'm, reason I'm number just one. geeked for it. Geeked for it. What's the second reason? Ye- second reason is we have actual football in the books now. The Hall I of know. Fame game happened. It was real. If you want to call that a game or not call that a game, I don't care because technically it was. It and was. That means football. that even better things are on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thirdly, first preseason Packer game is this Friday night. Touché. Which we will be tuning in sporadically at the expo, at said expo. Correct, correct. We'll see those delightful Jordan Love snaps mm-hmm. oh, it's that gonna we be can't wait for. <laughs> I know, I know. It's going to be awesome. Incredible. But, <laughs> um, yeah, great show. Uh, big busts coming at your face. <laughs> Why did you have to phrase it like that? I feel like... Is it is it worse? so many is other ways. Is, oh, like you're one to talk after last week's episode of being all grabby. Come on. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I know because I had to go through and you know do all the clips for the YouTube channel here, and uh, yeah, I had to watch that clip a bunch of times. You had to work. You had to work around the grabbiness. So what are we <laughs> drinking this week, Dustin? Let's talk so, about what's fired us up. Okay, so this week I got I got a special little audio clip. I'm going to play into the microphone here. Whoa! Uh, oh yeah. Somebody came prepared. Oh yeah. All right, so our beer this evening um, is called Indeedly Roll Out. It's got a a bear with a popsicle on a bicycle with a keg in the back. Uh, This was picked out by my lovely wife at the liquor store. She's like, we had to stop there to pick up wine. And she's like, you need a beer for the show? I'm like, no, I've got one. She's like, well, let me pick one out for you guys. I was like, (laughs) okay, go ahead. So, yes, this is called Roll Out. It is a hazy IPA. With mosaic, Simcoe, Citra, and Amarillo hops, coming in at seven point four percent. 
This is a, this is a bit of a doozy. I, there's so many words that I don't know from that description, and I can't. I'll, I'll never be that guy. I'll never be the guy who understands the different hops. I'm just gonna have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know? I can't say I know all the differences with the hops either, so that's it's fine. But I know what I like, and I like a bear riding a bicycle with a lollipop and a keg mm-hmm. on the back. Okay. Yeah, honestly, I don't. It, does it? Yeah, it smells good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. It smells that's nice. A- that's normally your line. What do we think of this beer? I don't know. It's fine. It's okay. It's good. Is that your parting line for this one, too? Is it just fine? Is it good? It's fine. <laughs> God damn it. Hi, Daddy. I'm, uh, hi, Joining Daddy. The show. Mike, Mike Fiala going to be out in, uh, in Canton as well. Can't wait to meet back up with that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I'm less than fine with this beer. This is not, this is not a favorite of mine. It's a weird hop combination. It's, 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 too, it's, it's too bitter. It's too bitter for a hazy. I will agree. Hazy are yeah. supposed to be more juicy and uh, luscious, not that like West Coast bitter IPA. And that's kind of what juice? it really reminds me of. I'm lacking my juice. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not juice. the biggest fan either. I will get through it because I'm a fucking champion. But You're a professional. Uh, that's right. But I would not buy this beer again. Zero of five stars. That's not true. It's not that bad. It's not that uh, bad. I mean, it's, it's not like a two and a half. Yeah. yeah, it's like a two and a half or to three range. I'll, yeah. I'll give it a three. I don't want to be a dick. I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll, I'll give it a two and a half. It, okay. Yeah. It's, it's not the worst beer we've had on the show. Let's be honest. It's just oh, yeah. not, just not our flavor. Let's put it that way. That's fair. Now that's that type of comment. It's not the worst that we've seen on this show is a pretty common refrain for this next segment too, by the way. Dare we get into our drunk trade of the week? Yes. Let's us do that. Drunk, 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 trade of the week. We got a fun one here, Dustin. Uh, fun, maybe not the trade itself, the trade itself, whatever, we'll talk about it. But I love the setup to this one. This is very interesting to me. And something that I think. That I think I'll read it to you. Don't you okay, worry. Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> you don't have to worry that I'll pretty sit little back and enjoy this beer. All right. So this one comes to us from Reddit, of course, from unable-cattle6448. I will never get tired of the names that come in from Reddit. I swear to God. So this person says, at the end of the season, our league gets together to drink and we reopen trades that night. So there is a portion of the season, I'm guessing, you know, the lead up to the playoffs and then including the playoffs. They shut it down, which makes complete sense. You don't want people getting... uh, uh, on the fringes of uh, conspiracy talk, you know, like you don't want you don't want any hinkiness there. So they shut it down for a little bit. They reopen it up on this magical night where they all get together to drink. Usually ends with at least three to five deals getting made. They say That's I fun. won the league. That is very fun. That's a great way to reinvigorate the league mm-hmm. there while you're coming down from a high potentially, as this person was because they won the league last year. Sold all my draft capital mid season. So end of this season, they're a winner. Good for you. But they sacrificed their future to do it. But what matters, you got the win, right? Now, here's the trading part that happened. So they participated in trades, ended up trading T. Higgins and Antonio Gibson for the 107, a 2023 first, the 206, the 208, and the 2023 second. So lots of 2022 picks, Mm -hmm. which I'm assuming are already in the books here, and then some potential for 2023. Turns out this was the beginning of me blowing up my championship roster and entering a full rebuild. So 
I ended up trading back for T. Higgins a few weeks later. So a bit to unpack here with this. First, before we get into the trade, just this concept of the league get together at the end to drink, I like that. have some merriment, get trades going again. It's That's wonderful. fun. That is very I active league. I like that. Yeah, I, I want to do that for sure. What do you think about shutting down trades for a period of time, by the way, leading up to the playoffs and into the playoffs? Uh, personally, I'm against it. I don't think there's any reason to do trades, especially in the Dynasty League. Redraft, okay, might be a little bit different story because uh, you're not playing for any, you know, you can just totally just, if you're out of the playoffs, there's no reason why you would want to keep guys on your roster. Mm-hmm. You know, So, but for Dynasty, there's no reason because you're getting draft capital back. You're trading guys like it's always active. So I have no problem with it in a Dynasty League. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I think the chance for collusion is quite a bit less in mm-hmm. Dynasty. Yeah, redraft makes all the sense in the world. But no, I love this concept. Now, the trade itself, the initial trade, I'll say, T. Higgins, Antonio Gibson, that's two first round picks and three second round picks. What are your thoughts? They're mostly mid. Basically, it seems like all of them will just right. do mid-round picks. But two first, three seconds for T. Higgins, Antonio Gibson. What do you think? I think that's a pretty good haul. Uh, Higgins is worth, what, a first and a first and a second. Uh, would you pay two firsts for Higgins? Probably not. I would, but I don't think most people would. Okay. So, that you know, and then, or, or even if you wanted to say two firsts for Higgins and then three seconds for Gibson. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's for Antonio that, Gibson. That's great. Yeah, so I think I think the trade itself is is pretty good. Uh, getting all those pieces. Why you would want to blow up uh, your championship team? I don't know. Obviously, the drinks were involved, and that had something to do with it. And it makes for a great conversation here. But uh, especially since you ended up trading back for Higgins a few weeks later, I'd be interested to know what that trade was. Did you end up paying more or less? Like, how did that work out? Yeah, I'm uh, curious why this was the inciting incident, too, for a roster blow up. Neither of these guys are old. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't like you traded away Adam Thielen and Zeke Elliott. Like you, you still had really young guys. I think it just sounds to me like they really were having pick FOMO and wanted mm-hmm. to get some of those back. And I'm sure it was a slippery slope here. Maybe after this one, they just kept going to acquire picks just because how fun is it yeah. to have picks? bunch of future boats on your uh on your roster so mm-hmm. uh i i liked this one a lot uh again more so for the general concept of yeah the event they hold around it than the trade itself but good times yeah i agree i think that that was definitely one of the more interesting ones we've had here uh really i think they'll pulled off a good deal getting all those picks for those two players so i sure. i really have no problems with the trade itself i have a problem with getting higgins back a few weeks later that seems like a little bit of uh, remorse, drunk, uh, <laughs> drunk trade remorse. But overall, all depends I... on what you had to give at that time. And again, mm-hmm. I'm a big Higgins guy. We're going to talk about him in a future episode. Not this episode, though. Spoiler alert. Ooh. He will not be featured here tonight. So I can tell you that with confidence. All right. I can't wait until that episode, whenever it may be. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it'll be. Yeah. Uh, all right, but do we want to take our turn to negative town here for the evening and get into these busts? Yes. So I want to preface this just for all of our listeners out there. When we're saying these guys are busts, this means they are not necessarily going to be bad for fantasy football this year. They could be. They very well could be. What we're saying is that at their ADP, we think they're not going to return that value. That's all we're saying. 
Am and I not, correct? It, yes. And I would go so far as to say nowhere close to that value. Yes. So again, not not like, oh, they'll be completely useless this year. <laughs> I don't think that's what we're going for mm-hmm. here. Although we should come up with a completely useless list for a future episode. That would be a lot of fun. But no, you're exactly right. This is don't, don't draft them at their ADP. They're not going to come close to that value. Mm-hmm. Right. So with that being said, Jake, do you want to start or shall I start? I think I typically start these, and I would like to flip the table. I would like you to get us going on this one. Okay. Um, just trying to find the ADP list here. Uh, <laughs> I sh- you know, if I was a real um, great podcaster, I would uh, have this all pulled up ahead of time. Even a decent of, one, I'd say. Even, even trying really to do one. it here. Um, but I did find it. Turns out I was on the MLB uh, tab instead of the NFL tab, which would make well, it much much more difficult to find the ADP I'm looking for. Just <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. All right. Who do you yeah. want to kick us off with here? I'm going to start. You know, we ended with wide receivers last week. Let's start with them this week. I like it. How about that? Yep. So my bust for wide receivers is the new Dolphin Tyreek Hill. Currently going at ADP wide receiver eight overall and is going as the 19th pick overall. So middle of the second round. Still early. Well, right. five, fifth pick in the second round. So yeah, mid second round, I guess you'd say. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tyreek, here's, here's my problem with Tyreek. And again, don't think he's going to be bad for fantasy, but We've seen receivers going to new teams traditionally have not done well. I know there's been a few exceptions in the last couple of years with Hig, um, with Diggs and um, Hopkins going to their respective new teams. They've done really well. But traditionally, you don't see that happen. I do have questions about Tua. While I do think he's going to improve, I honestly don't know um, with what we saw out of Waddle last year and, and his ADP this year. He's also being drafted very high. I don't know that Tua could sustain two top end wide receivers, uh, especially in the top 10 where they're both essentially being drafted. I think uh, if I pull up the ADP by wide receiver here, we'll see Waddle is going at 15 overall. So seven spots later, which is not that big a gap for two wide receivers on the same team in what we have never traditionally seen as a high powered offense. And you know they've got a thousand running backs on that team. Uh, they're going to want to try to run the ball. I just, I just don't know where this volume is going to come from. And I know Tyreek, he can take a short slant and take it to the house at any time. Like, like we've seen that. I just, I just really question. He's going from arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Patrick Mahomes, super accurate, very mobile. They had a good uh, repertoire going there to Tua, who, while has shown some improvements. He's not nearly as mobile as we thought he would be coming out of college. And I granted probably some of that's probably just coming back to form from injury. So I don't want to just say he's not mobile at all, but I just, I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about this and I feel like he's being way overdrafted. And I could honestly see him not being inside the top 12 this season for wide receivers. It wouldn't shock me if come end of the season that waddles the one in the top, top 10 and Tyreek is in that 14, 15 range. But I don't think they're both going to be that high either. Honestly, I don't see that. I think Waddle's going to be the one. Um, he'll probably be just outside the top 12, if I'm going to be honest. And Tyreek will probably be like a low-end wide receiver, too, at best. I was just about to say, I think this is a case where we have two top 24 guys, and neither of them is a top 12 guy. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, 
with the with the golf and their ADP, it may not be significant, but a couple of rounds makes a big difference. I would take Waddle. Sounds like you would absolutely take Waddle above Hill mm-hmm. at, at ADP. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's weird for a guy like Tyreek Hill to be coming on here and calling him a bust, but I'm with you on this. Uh, I've mentioned it before that I don't really believe in him this year to the extent that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Just so many other wide receivers I would rather have above him at their cost. So that's uh, unfortunate for those mm-hmm. listening who love Tyreek Hill. <laughs> uh, it's also going to be unfortunate for anybody listening who loves Terry McLaurin because he is my wide receiver bust for this year. Terry McLaurin, the argument for him is Carson Wentz. That's it. That's the argument for Terry McLaurin is he is playing with the best quote unquote quarterback that he has played with today. And when you stack Carson Wentz against those other guys, sure. Yeah, technically, you are correct. Is Carson Wentz better than Taylor Heineke? Yeah, I think he probably is. Is he better than Brandon Allen or Kyle Allen? I don't even remember which Allen he played with because that's how nondescript he was. Yeah, Carson Wentz is better than that. Is he good enough to get Terry McLaurin to return value off of wide receiver 17 at his current ADP? I don't think so. I don't think he is. Especially when you introduce the fact that Jahan Dotson, people do like this guy, this rookie receiver coming in. And look, I'm a little bit of a training camp whore right now because it's all of the news that we have. It's as much of the excitement as we can find. But Dotson is making play after play in training camp right now. And not just like regular. Do you remember, speaking of Tyreek Hill, you remember that first OTA clip of Tua throwing like a complete duck to Tyreek Mm -hmm. Hill? And against nobody, of course, it's just some shorts. Of People lost their goddamn mind over it. Dotson is out here doing three times more impressive things considering the circumstances. And people are still kind of sleeping on the guy. Terry McLaurin has never, never been a top 12 guy overall. Mm-hmm. The thought that in this offense, where they have just added more running back depth, Suggests to me a little bit more of uh, an attempted balancing act there on the offense. The fact that Carson Wentz is going to be the savior of Terry McLaurin is not something I'm willing to buy. I think that McLaurin is a talented dude. I just don't think he is an elite talent. And therefore, I'm not going to be taking him at that cost. If I'm going to take somebody, it's going to be a dart throw on Dotson, who will be tail end of drafts. Uh, possible that he's undrafted in your standard redraft. And that's the type of guy I would want to go for because it's so easy to me to say that these guys could split in targets. And I think that Dotson is just as talented. So why would I be invested in McLaurin? I don't know. I think he's outside of a a fringe wide receiver too. You know, that's what my hope would be for him. And I honestly, I don't have higher hopes than that. His floor sucks. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think at wide receiver 17, you are drafting him at his ceiling. I think that's probably, you know, like I said, all things go the way of Terry McLaurin. That's probably about where he's going to end up, maybe a spot or two higher. But I don't see him getting higher. I don't see him jumping into the top 12 at all. Uh, so I do think you're drafting him at his ceiling. And considering where you have to draft him to, to reach that ceiling, I would rather take a dart throw. Not a dart throw, but I'd rather take a pick on a guy maybe a little bit lower than him that I think has a potential for a higher ceiling than that. 
Yeah. And by the way, I just checked because uh, I put this in yesterday. He's already moved up his spot to wide receiver 16. The people won't listen. They they have Wentz mania, Dustin. So uh, this rate is going to be wide receiver 12 by the time you have to draft him. God forbid. I, well, I, I won't take him there either. So that's yep. fine. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's a good one before we move on to the next okay. position. Real okay. Quick. Okay. Uh, Jalen Waddle and Terry McLaurin are going back to back. They're ADP. So are we both saying that we would take Waddle over McLaurin? Yes. I would. I'm saying I'm saying that as well. Uh, for the record, I'm not super thrilled with either. It's just value for Waddle versus Tyreek is a no-brainer. And to me, these guys could be very close. But Waddle, I think, has more upside, honestly. So, yeah, I take Waddle. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Who we got next? Let's move to our favorite position, the tight end position next. Oh. Okay. I know. Did you see what I did there? Huh? Yeah. You like that? So this yeah. one, I actually, I really struggled with this because as I was looking through all the ADP, uh, and just for the folks out there, we are using Fantasy Pros Consensus ADP, uh, pull all of our data here for this show. When I was looking at the ADP for the tight ends, there was no one that I thought was really egregiously being overdrafted. Like I thought the value of where they were being drafted was pretty fair, more or less. Like, like I said, there wasn't one person where I was like, oh yeah, that's the guy that I think is going to bust. So that being said, I had to pick someone for the show. I'm not super confident about it. I'm just going to throw it out there. But whew, that, all those hops are, are doing See, something See, this pick so bad, it, <laughs> even your own body doesn't want you to put it out there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I have Zach Ertz currently being drafted at tight end nine. Again, I don't, I don't hate where he's being drafted. He finished inside the top ten last year. The only thing I could say is why I picked him is that Maybe he's going to do really well for the first six games of the season while Hopkins is out. But I think then when Hopkins gets back and they have Hollywood Brown now, uh, Rondale Moore is going to be in the second year uh, of, you know, in the league. Those three wide receivers, I think they're going to take all those targets away uh, from Ertz. The only reason we saw Ertz get a lot of targets and get a lot of play last year is because Hopkins was dinged up and injured and, you know, the corpse of AJ Green was trying to do things and wasn't really doing a whole lot. And Christian Kirk was doing Christian Kirk things, not being overly impressive, you know? So it was just, it was one of those, I think by necessity, that's what happened because they had to get the ball to someone and he was the one that was able to get open and get the ball. Like I said, maybe, maybe it'll be somewhat like that for the first few games of the season and he'll ball out. But I think long-term for the season, I think he's going to end up busting and not returning that ADP. Like I said, I'm not super confident about this. I'm just, <laughs> but it is what it is. I I, I hate it. Whoop. I hate it. D- Dustin, d- I didn't even do that to you. I think. I know. I the, did it to uh, myself. Okay. I thought Zach Ertz actually got a hold of our stream <laughs> for a second and said, fuck this guy. Uh, and and I'm, I have to say, I lean more on Zach's side on this one. I do love I Zach Ertz, especially because of the Hopkins suspension to start off. It's so important for me in a draft. This is from noted uh, tight end awful projectionist here. I need the security blanket of those first six safe starts. (laughs) And so if I can get a guy at tight end nine, you know, middle to late rounds that I feel comfortable with, I'll be doing that. Yeah, but I will say, to your point, what happens after Hopkins comes back is a little bit cloudier. So I'll, I'll give you that. I will give you that. Uh, and I, I feel better after your preamble about this being a difficult decision to actually find. Something. That was like the the other ones on my list. I was like, OK, I, mean, this, I, I had pretty good sound reasoning why I thought these guys would bust. And I got the tight end and I'm like, fuck, oh, man, I just I don't I stared at it forever. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I got to have something here. 
You just got so, entranced. Yep. So anyway, who do you got? All those names. Well, I like to think that I picked the only true bust out of this category. His name is Mike Gesicki. <laughs> I've I've been uh, off the Mike Gesicki train notably for quite Every some time on this podcast. Year since he's been in the league. Uh, yeah, basically. I don't even. I don't think he was on my radar his rookie season, to be fair. But every season after that, that's absolutely correct. And and I don't see it changing. So we already saw. I won't hit too much on this one because we covered a lot of these points with Tyreek Hill already to some extent. It's, it's a fraction of what can Tua support. So if we treat Mike Zicky like people want him to be treated, which is as a wide receiver essentially more than a tight end, a traditional tight end, which is what people want. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Mike says, fuck that guy, too. Uh, I don't know if he's talking about me or Mike Kosicki, though, to be fair. So maybe I shouldn't fund that yet. But Mike Kosicki, again, if you want him to be a wide receiver, well, now he is the wide receiver three on this team. And yes, I understand for tight ends, it's still a scarce position. However, as we look down this list, you know, you're talking about being able to, uh, to find a name on here that mm-hmm. screamed like bust. There is a lot of, and this is, happens every year, so I'm probably just falling into a trap. There's a lot of guys after Gesicki I would rather have over Gesicki straight up, let alone at their ADP. I mean, I've talked on here about my Evan Ingram love before, which mm-hmm. I know is gross to people. Um, and I understand it, but, but I would rather have him straight up or Austin Hooper straight up over Mike Gesicki at this point. He's already, though, so if he is a wide receiver, that's what you're dealing with. But he is emphasizing blocking in training camp right now. That is the big thing that's been happening the last week or so. Now, I know that the news alert came through. Adam Shaheen got traded from the Dolphins to the Texans today. So wheels up on Mike Gesicki because Adam Shaheen was going to be his uh, uh, stick in his craw. Yeah, and can we just talk about that trade for like two seconds? That was like a freaking dynasty trade, man. Shaheen and a seventh for a six. Like, come on. It's like, hey, we'll we'll, we'll throw the seventh round pick on there just to make this trade happen, basically is what it it came down to. It's so terrible. And I don't know why why the Texans... Whatever. It's the Texans. I guess that's all we have to say about that. Why why would they think that he is the piece for them this year? I don't know. In any case, Mike Isicki last year, PPR formats, he was tight end nine. At this point, talking about drafting a guy at his ceiling, you're basically drafting Mike Kosicki at or very near his ceiling. If you're going to do this, if he's tight end 12, so I understand bust is relative in this stance. But if you're going to do this, do this with somebody with more upside, please, Mm -hmm. for the love of God. There's no reason for a Mike Kosicki on your roster here this year. Why? So he can maybe get you six to seven points a game. Enjoy, you know, take those guys towards the end of your draft. I mean, him versus Cole Komet should not be a question to me mm-hmm. this year because one of them is a lot for volume. And that is not Gesicki. And Komet is I mean, going one spot after him. I'm not a Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry fan, but I would take Hunter mm-hmm. Henry over Gesicki this year just for the touchdown volume alone. I mean, Hunter Henry will give you those spike weeks there where at least he'll help you win some weeks as opposed to just putting up your, like you said, seven points or whatever. You know, like, yeah, give me a guy that at least will help me win a few weeks here and there. It's a fool's errand. Yeah, going after him. And Mike, I agree with Mike in the chat. <laughs> Ruined Brevin Jordan. Uh, but also Gesicki can't break a tackle, which is really the part that I wanted to hammer home. So thank you for that. All right, we spent enough time on tight end, so let's All please right. move away. Okay, let's let's head over to the running back position here. We'll end end with the stars and the QBs. Uh, so yeah, I have James Conner as my bust for this year. He is currently going as RB sixteen. 
uh, going 30th overall. So end of the third round, which to me is a little spicy. Like I just, he was buoyed last year by a ton of touchdowns and I just don't see that repeating. Um, I just, I just don't have a good feeling about it. I, I, he, he stayed healthy. Let's put it this way. He stayed healthy for the first time since essentially his rookie season, which helped. He had a shit ton of touchdowns, which that will probably regress a bit this season. Almost 50% of his fantasy points were touchdowns. See? And then they've got a couple of young guys uh, that I think can take on some of that load that Chase Edmonds left. And I think mm. Connor will actually be like the true like goal down back and not the every down back that we saw last year when Chase Edmonds was out. So I think that was part of it, too, is that he was buoyed by this extra production that we weren't expecting him to see. And I just, and again, going back to my my bit with uh, Zach Ertz, they've got these amazing wide receivers on their teams. I expect all of them, you know, the, to really gel and take a step forward where they're not going to have to rely on the run game nearly as much as they did last year. Hypothetically, who do you think would be the guy behind Connor? Like, do you have... Because right now, it seems like all the guys behind him, nobody knows who the hell is going to be the dude. Is it Eno Benjamin? Maybe. Are you leaning towards Eno? Do you think that Keontae Ingram ends up being a thing as a rookie this year? Like, I'm... Because James Connor is a decent pass catcher. He mm-hmm. showed that at least in Pittsburgh. But I don't... If they want to give that to him or not, I guess is the question. I think it will be Eno Benjamin. Um, I know a couple years ago when he came out, there there was some good buzz, and I think he got injured, which kind of derailed him. Uh, but from from the camp reports here in, in training camp, uh, he has looked pretty good and has flashed a bit. So I think he has the inside track to be that that one B player. Uh, but I also expect the rookie to be involved as well. I mean, they spent a decent amount of draft capital on him. So they're not just going to have him just ride the bench all season long either. So I expect a, a good sprinkling and smattering of all three of those running backs this season. Ooh, a sprinkling and a smattering. That's right. I'm interested. Uh, I, I do think that, yeah, you you have to draft him higher than last year, which is the big bummer, like a lot higher than last year, because you got mm-hmm. him in, in the middle rounds last year, and that's how you won your league, but you're not yep. going to be able to do that with him this year. That's right. And Mr. Scampers is just being disgusting here, saying the eventual answer is Devonta Booker. Gross. That is That is disgusting. We don't know. No. no. You know what? If there's a show <laughs> that his name belongs on, though, quite frankly, it is the bus it, show. You have to admit yeah. that. That is true. So, right. <laughs> uh, Who do you have, Jake? I just don't hate the Cardinals as much as you do, Dustin. But I don't I, hate the Cardinals. <laughs> I don't know. It's starting to feel that way. My running back bus is probably going to upset some folks. It's like DeAndre me. Swift. <laughs> DeAndre Swift is going as RB8 currently. That's this is steal. before Hard Knocks. This is before the Hard Knocks bump, which is absolutely coming. The Lions are featured on Hard Knocks. That actually just, I think, the first episode dropped today. Watch yes. his ADP climb at least two spots, if not into the top five by the end of that. It happens every year. Every I think he, year. that's that's too low. I'm in complete disagreement with you, Jay. Oh, but you gross. you you tell me why you think he's going to be a bust. This is the one that I actually feel the most confident in. So I, I'm curious here. In 11 games that him and Jamal Williams, our guy, our old former mm-hmm. Packer guy, Jamal Williams, Mermaid played himself. in last year. Yeah, the Mermaid Man, who, by the way, is the most Dan Campbell fucking player in existence. Mm-hmm. Did you see? <laughs> this was like a month ago. He got interviewed at the podium. They were asking about hard knocks and all the extra cameras that were going to be mm-hmm. there. And they're like, what about that? And his quote was, I don't give a fuck. I just want to play football. 
It's like that shit should have come directly from Dan Campbell's mouth. That yeah. is exactly Which what he wants. I just saw on Twitter today, um, uh, Jamal Williams, uh, like broke the team after practice or whatever. Dan Campbell had him uh, give a little rah-rah speech in the huddle, you know, to the group. And it. it was terrific. Just go look it up because he's like, he goes, he goes, today was a good practice. He's like, we got to keep this up. He goes, you ever think about slack? And he's like, you think about last year's record because fuck that. He goes, I'm not fucking happy with that. He was just going, it was awesome. It was, it was just awesome. Like you said, definitely a Dan Campbell kind of guy. Uh, go check that out to see the, uh, the entire uh, thing because I am not doing it nearly enough justice. I didn't even know that Jamal Williams cursed until this. I know. Until this very segment. <laughs> like he always seemed like such a, just a clean cut guy, like just a happy go lucky <laughs> mermaid man. But in any case, last year, let's get back to DeAndre Swift. The two of them in the 11 games they actually played together, they had a full split, 50 50 split in carries. Jamal Williams got more of those carries inside the goal line. It was 46% to 36% in favor of Jamal. They both played the same number of games. So it's not an argument about DeAndre Swift's injury. They both played mm-hmm. 13. So if if that's what happens again this year, and again, I don't think Jamal Williams is going anywhere, then it has to come down to targets and only targets for DeAndre Swift. That's where he's going to win you, right? Last year, he had 78 targets in 13 games. That's what wins you leaves. His only competition at that time was Amon Ross St. Brown, who didn't catch on until halfway through the season. TJ Hawkinson, who was just kind of there. That's, you know, sorry, TJ, but in terms of like, pure athleticism. He was just he was just there as a guy. Everything else was a dump off to DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift literally had a 0.0 ADOT, average depth of target. It was just uh, nothing. Okay, take it. Now you go and try and do something. It was not manufactured touches for him like CMC or Alvin Kamara. Like he's not that kind of pass catcher. He also had his numbers inflated when they started 0-8-1 under Anthony Lynn. Right. Anthony Lynn was the play caller. They did terribly. They focused everything on the run because they didn't do anything else. And then Dan Campbell comes in and is like, fuck this. I'm taking over play calling. And all of a sudden, the wide receivers actually started to get used. And this was even before the DeAndre Swift injury. So, like, he finally started getting these guys more involved. Now they have DJ Chark. They have Jamison Williams, who will play eventually. He's dealing with his own injury right now. So not right away. Probably missed a few games, but he'll be back. St. Brown is going to come on with a full head of steam this year instead of waiting so long to catch on. I also think Detroit could be kind of a dark horse candidate to sign a William Fuller right before the season starts. It's are you forgetting about DJ Shark? I just mentioned him. Dustin, are you forgetting to listen to me I, as I go through the names? I am. I didn't hear that you, one. You, oh, yeah. No, DJ Shark, too. I thought for a second that you were going to say Will Fuller is irrelevant because of DJ Shark, which is just silliness to me because you know will fuller would only play the six games anyways those are the games that they need him for here and those are the games that he could potentially take targets with even without fuller the competition is way too severe he's not getting enough goal line attention to make him a touchdown guy so those i don't see 78 targets in 17 games as any sort of lock i'm very very nervous for deandre swift i'm not putting him inside my top 12 guys right now Ooh, I will I will make a beer bet with you. In 17 games, it. he gets at least 78 targets. Done. I love that. Let's. I'll put that on paper right now. Yes, I love it. Money in the bank. All right. Oh, that's how confident I am. I hope, he, I hope he gets 77. I hope he gets 77 targets. And then I just want to bring this clip out from the dead and play it Go as ahead. you try to fall asleep at night. I'm Go play ahead. it in your ear as you try to drift off. <laughs> No. All right. Let's 
Should yeah. I should I pull up the clip on YouTube from when we talked about why DeAndre Swift could low-key be the number one running back this year and not a bust at all? Yeah, we, we absolutely can. But with new information, <laughs> Dustin, and new analysis, you have to reevaluate things. I would encourage you to do the same. I will take it under advisement, but probably not in this case. All right. But that's what makes this show terrific. We don't have to agree on everything. Yeah, it's not built into our contracts. We don't have to That's do right. that shit. All right, yeah. take us home. Contracts. I almost all feel right. like you should be the last person to go with this one, but all right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I saved quarterbacks to last, because I knew this was the spiciest of all the busts we have here. So my quarterback bust. And again, I just want to remind everyone, not returning ADP. Not that I think this is going to be a like a total like bust quarterback 32 in the league here all right just not returning adp value so i'm sure i'll get a lot of hate for this my quarterback bust patrick mahomes <laughs> i know i uh the shock I, I can just feel the shock out there in the twitterverse like what he says he's gonna bust okay he's currently going as qb2 which any other given year i wouldn't have a fine i wouldn't, I wouldn't have a, a issue with this i'd be fine with it but I just, as we talk about, he lost his number one wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. They've brought in a bunch of replacement pieces that I'm not super confident in will replace that volume or that that production, not the volume, the production. Juju, MVS, the Sky other guys Moore. on the team, Sky Moore. I mean, Michael Hardman's still there. We just didn't. You know, haven't seen anything out of him. Kelsey's still training camp very good. reports look amazing. By of course, of course, uh, Kelsey will be great as he always is. But he is what thirty-two entering his thirty-three age season, so he could hit the cliff at any time. I'm not expecting that this year. Let's make that clear. Not expecting that, but he could hit that cliff this year. It wouldn't surprise me. I just think, and then also shift gears for a second here. I think they're going to focus a little bit more on the run game too. Because they got CEH, who's finally healthy after uh, going into his third season here. Because uh, apparently he was, you know, dealing with issues all last season. They brought in Ronald Jones, who is a thumper, not a pass catcher. He's a thumper. And Isaiah Pacheco has been looking great in camp as well. Um, and lining up in the slot, I might uh, add. So he could and take Sky Moore's those... lining up in the backfield. So yeah, he can be rushing. Crazy too. world. Uh, my point with all this hyperbole is. I think the offense is going to change a bit from what we've seen previously. They have a much stronger defense as well, which I know isn't necessarily fantasy related, but if it affects how long the offense is on the field or how much the offense is on the field, that in turn affects fantasy production or could. While I do like the division they're in, and I do expect a lot of shootouts there in the AFC West uh, with all the high powered offenses there. I just, I, I feel like drafting him at QB two again, he's not going to be returning that. And I think you're going to, take him at a spot where you're going to lose out on some other really good players being drafted around him that could bolster a different position of greater need than the quarterback taking him at quarterback two. So he is currently, where is he on here? Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback two. Um, Are you making a song out of this? Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback two, quarterback two. And how about you? Are you talking about like where his actual, like where he's being drafted? So, so he is currently being drafted 31 overall. So towards the end of the third, which isn't that bad, but here's some guys going around him. Now, let me know 
and I, I guess this is all how you want to build your team, but we are not early quarterback guys necessarily. And can I speak no, for you and say no, that? No, we follow the JJ Zachariasen yes. model of uh, late round quarterback typically. Yeah. So guys going right after Mahomes, you've got T. Higgins, Montgomery, Pitts, Akers, Herbert is going 36. Um, so not that much later, but then you got guys like Gibson, Pittman, Waddle, Kittle, Deontay Johnson. I mean, you got some really good skill position players there where if you were to wait a couple rounds and maybe get that next tier down of quarterback, you'll you'll be getting better value. And, and this is all about the value at this point. And like I said, I don't think he's going to, when you're drafting him at quarterback two, you're expecting him to finish quarterback two or quarterback one. Anything lower than that, and it's a, it's you're not getting that value. So I can't see him ending up as a quarterback this season. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. For me, it's more about like what tier of quarterback is he going to fall into rather than outright quarterback one, quarterback two. Because I have so many of these guys clumped pretty close together this year. I mean, he's right in the same window as Kyler Murray, as Lamar Jackson, as Jalen Hurts. Shocker. So you're looking uh, at more low-end QB1 than a high-end QB1. All of those guys are going several spots behind him, or at least a couple of spots behind him. Like, they're all below him in ADP. So I think mm-hmm. part of this is just simply how much more value can you get at quarterback outside of Pat Mahomes. But I am not willing to say that, like, he's going to fall off in any way because of Tyreek Hill. I, I think it'll actually be pretty comparable to what we saw last season. I think it's just going to be spread around more. I think mm-hmm. he's literally just going to spread the ball more than ever. We kind of talked about that when you were mentioning Ty, uh, Travis Kelsey. I'm actually shocked Travis Kelsey was not your bust this week because you were not super high on his receiving yardage mm-hmm. for, for this year. So I almost thought that you would be going with uh, Travis Kelsey. That's why I didn't put Travis Kelsey in my uh, so honorable mention for me as tight end bus, Travis Kelsey. Uh, but I do think that Mahomes will be just fine. So I'm not going to call him a bust. I will say that there are other guys I'll I'll take because they're falling lower in the draft. And it's just because of that. Okay, fair enough. Little semantics, I suppose, at that point. Mm-hmm. But I love a good semantism. Yeah. What can All I say? right. Take I love a semantism. More than I love this quarterback, Dak Prescott, who is going as the quarterback eight currently on Fantasy Bros. So extrapolating the Patrick Mahomes argument out just a little bit further, here's the type of guys that are going around Dak Prescott. So again, Dak Prescott at QB eight. Jalen Hurts is quarterback seven. Jalen Hurts legitimately has a shot to rush for 800 plus yards this season and has the addition of A.J. Brown. Dak Prescott does not have that. Dak Prescott lost to Murray Cooper. We've talked about this last episode, so I won't belabor it, but lost Cooper. He lost Cedric Wilson. Michael Gallup is going to be hurt to start the year. He's not coming back right away. I think there could be an emphasis to get Pollard and Zeke much more involved here. Not necessarily just on dump-offs either, but a lot more rushing attempts. So Dak Prescott is sitting at 8. Tom Brady's right after him with, with number 9. Russell Wilson is at 10. Matthew Stafford's at 12 with his, I don't care about his arm issue that people are freaking out about right now. You want to talk about how much more value can be had beyond Dak Prescott. It's endless. Trey Lance sitting at QB 13. It's so much more about all of these guys below him being a little bit disrespected. And I think Dak Prescott is just this middling quarterback for you this year because Dak has not been rushing much at all lately. Uh, I mean, I know the year he first came back, that was due to his injury. But then last year, 
he had a significant drop-off in how much they let him run. They are protecting him way more, which is great for a real-life NFL football. You want to keep your franchise guy upstanding and healthy. I get that. This is not the case for fantasy. For fantasy, you want them to live a little dangerously. You want your Lamar Jacksons who just fucking go and <laughs> take a little bit of, of a chance. To me, there's no difference this year between Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, except I actually think Kirk Cousins has a higher ceiling for once than Dak Prescott, and Kirk is going at quarterback 14. There's no way that Dak is inside my top 10 for this year. There's n there's no there's nothing that has changed positively for him. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why his ranking is like that. Yeah, I agree. I I, I just with the injuries we've seen, you know, Gallup not coming back soon, James Washington out for the season. Amari Cooper out of town now. Yeah, he, he's lost a lot of weapons on that offense that, you know, we've seen these last few years, which made us really excited about it. And I agree. I think this offense will kind of take a small step backwards. And again, it, it's Mike McCarthy. We have our, our personal feelings about this that we try to keep out of it, but I just can't do it. I can't I, and I won't. I'll be honest. Uh, so, yeah, I, I see. I do agree with you, Jake, that I think. He, he will not return this value this season and be a bust. Here's a really interesting one if we just want to do a quick this or that. Because I think this is where we start seeing, to me, the rankings where they should be. Mm -hmm. Derek Carr is quarterback 15. Straight up, would you rather have Derek Carr with the addition of Devontae Adams or Dak Prescott? Oh, I'd probably still take Dak. I think he's got a little bit more of a rushing floor than Carr. No, I mean, it's, it's not significant, bit. but I, I, I would still take Dak over him. How about just to throw this one out? Because I, I think this is batshit. Nobody's going to believe me on this. But Trevor Lawrence or Dak Prescott? Well, if you listen to our show last week, um, I'm all in on the Jaguars offense, apparently. So all I, I, in. I guess I'll have to say Lawrence just based on uh, uh, the fact that I have it on, on tape that uh, I, I love the Jags offense this year. <laughs> baited you. I fucking baited you. Uh, straight up, I would still take I would still take Dak straight up. But this is what we're talking about, though, with the value at quarterback mm -hmm. 20 of taking Trevor Lawrence. And the ceilings are identical to me. The ceilings are absolutely identical. I understand that Dak does have a, a much safer floor. Mm -hmm. So I would still take him straight up. But I am enticed by Trevor Lawrence. I won't, yeah. I won't lie. Well, you shouldn't. <sighs> All right. We fucking did it. We expelled. Don't you feel like you just had an exorcism getting all of this off our chest like that? I do. I do. That felt good. It feels nice. And we're gonna, and we're gonna bring it back next week with some positivity. Yes, oh. we're gonna be a lot more positive for our uh, our drinking buddies. It's Man, it's already drinking buddies time. It's it's one of my favorite episodes. It's where we oh. really just plant our flags for the season, and these are our guys, our ride or die bitches. Uh, I'm excited for it going to be big. So mm -hmm. if you were tired of the negativity this episode, you know, just wait. Just wait a week. And, and in the meantime... were really that negative? We kept it very light. Uh, well, yeah. Nobody's out here calling these guys assholes. I mean, we said that about Mike McCarthy in a roundabout way, but he's not a player, so he doesn't count. He's a coach. Exactly. They don't have feelings. Mm -hmm. If you want, though, <laughs> here's another call out for drunk trades. Please send your drunk trade submissions. I actually just threw up on Twitter as well on our main account. If you would like to be featured in a video on this podcast or in recorded format for our mm -hmm. audio only listeners, submit that to us. You can send in a video on Twitter. I am also putting together a nice little message box system where you can call in and leave a voicemail talking about your drunk trade. So you want to hear your voice, you want to see your face on this podcast, that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. And 
<laughs> Rich Sickle says, and you're not wrong about Mike McCarthy. Thank you for the validation. We know. Uh, <laughs> with that, go out, give us a rate and review, please. It helps everyone find us more easily and expands our reach out to all of you out there, which we appreciate. Um, if you haven't yet, go find us on Twitter. Jake at Drinking Fantasy. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. You can find our podcast account at Drinking Fantasy. Give us a uh, what a subscribe. Yeah, just subscribe click all the buttons. Whatever yeah. the fucking button is, just click it. Yeah, it's a subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah, click the bell. Get notifications when we go live, like we are right now. You can see us interact in the chat. Shout out to everybody in the chat tonight. You guys were awesome. Uh, made me uh, laugh multiple times here. Uh, so thank you for that. You guys were awesome. If you want to be part of the chat and see your comments posted up on the live stream, uh, join us here. And until next week. And hopefully we see you this weekend at the Expo. But if we don't, join us next week. Same great time, same great place, and keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.